As you're listening to me, Daisy, Apple's iPhone disassembly robot, is dismantling an iPhone into lots of recyclable parts. That's how Apple recovers more materials than conventional recycling methods. Thanks, Daisy. There's more to iPhone. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Danny in the Valley, your weekly dispatch from behind the scenes and inside the minds of the top people in tech. Before we get to today's show, I would like to issue an apology. As you may have noticed, this is showing up in your feed a bit later than it normally does each week, but I do have very good reason. I have a new son. He's all of two days old, um, and he arrived uh, a bit earlier than we were expecting and in very dramatic fashion. He's actually born in our hallway. There was a bit there where I thought I was going to have to, to deliver him myself, so it all ended up fine. He's great. My wife is great. Everybody is doing well, but it's, um, he's kind of thrown my, my best laid plans up in the air as kids tend to do, but I have managed to carve out a few hours to go through the tape and get this out to you. So I hope you do enjoy it. And thank you for your understanding. Now let's get to today's show. Yo, technology. What is it all about? What we're seeing is now, I don't think it's too crazy to call it a loneliness epidemic. I think everybody sort of feels it, but particularly Gen Z and millennials are afflicted by it. And if you look at charts, you can kind of track it back to around 2012, 2013, and that's when iPhone sort of surpassed the 50% mark in America. This week on the program, we have Ben Rubin and Seema Sistani, who are the co-founders of House Party, the group video chat app that is... I'm told, quite popular amongst the youngsters, and there's a fair few oldsters as well. Obviously, I didn't do the interview this week for reasons I just explained, but I did do it. I swung by their office a few weeks back, which is in San Francisco, and it's inside a converted garage, or garage for my UK listeners, which of course is all very startup, and the way they've set it up is it's supposed to feel like somebody's house, you know, reflecting the company's name, of course. So if you walk up the stairs, there's all these photos of uh, various employees, you know, kind of embarrassing family photos, including one of Seema, who's going to be mad I'm mentioning this, when she was a beauty, teenage beauty queen in Alabama. It's a true story. Anyhow, House Party is interesting for, for lots of reasons, not least because it's managing to grow in the shadow of Facebook, Snapchat, and loads of other social media giants, basically by doing a lot of what they aren't. So making it's the app super easy to use, not flooding it with ads, promoting the idea of kind of tight circles of friends rather than follow accounts and likes and all the other malarkey that has all turned us into dopamine frazzled zombies. So we talk about that. We talk about what's working, uh, and perhaps more importantly, we talk about what didn't, because uh, they both did several companies and startups and whatnot before House Party. One in particular, which Ruben created, was called Meerkat, which for a brief, fleeting moment, just a few years ago, 
was a very big deal until it wasn't. But I will let Ben and Seema tell that story as well as loads of other stuff like how being from immigrant backgrounds has helped shape the company, their kind of circuitous routes to Silicon Valley. And of course, we also cover um, a story about a flying stapler. So stick around. I do think you'll dig it. And yeah, I think I'll stop talking now. So without further ado, here are Ben and Seema starting with the meerkat story. Enjoy. So Life on Air, which is the company that makes House Party, is, the mission is to bring people together in the most human way possible when physically apart. That was the mission for the entire six years of existence of this company never changed. Through that, we did series of mobile-first live streaming products that try to get into this answer. The fourth one that we did was Meerkat. Fourth. The fourth one was Meerkat. What were the first three? Uh, Yevo, Air, Sun, which we never released, and then. Were they all quite they were different? All, they were all live streaming in their core, but they had different, trying to do different use cases. Right. Also, me as, as a architecture school dropout trying to like learn about what's a good product yeah building right and by the time we got to meerkat we had enough insight into what makes live video work and doesn't work that we could have the specific ideas about what is the use cases that gonna work the major problem with live broadcasting is that people need the viewers and there was no direct route from you to your viewers and the other use case was Twitter is an interest graph where people have multiple followers. So you can kind of find a simple way to go directly into your audience. So that was the premise. Can we build a product that from the moment you download it, there is one click and you go live to your audience. And right. How can you do it? Eventually it was two clicks because one click you need to sign in with Twitter. But the second one you could go live immediately to your audience. Uh, this is 20, was, 2015. 2015. So besides that first time that you need to do one extra click, we did everything in the background for you. So you, anyone, if you're Ashton Kutcher or Jimmy Fallon or Danny, you can do one click, sign in, another click. From now on, one click and you go live. Right. Which people find really appealing because it's the first time that they could they could do something like that and immediately get the watchers and you don't need to start building your graph again and right. building your audience. Uh, because Twitter is Twitter, you can see how that had a, like an avalanche of the right people seeing it and using it and finding value in it. Right. But also because we had that history of the three products before, we kind of knew pretty fast three months after Meerkat uh, was launched we had like 10 million users something like that and we were able to know to see exactly that the use case of, of live streaming for the long tail for the for you me Sima you know the people it's not if you are not celebs media or news there's no real use case for the everyday usage right or at least it's not as interesting or, t- or attentive and we had to pivot because the celebs media news would be owned by at that time we knew Facebook is going to come and Twitter right. is just launched. So we knew that they're going to have the celeb media news. So if we are focused on the 99% or not celeb media news, <laughs> right? Need to repeat it. Because if we're going to focus on the people who are not celebs media news, we're just not going to have enough retentive broadcasters. 
So going back to your initial question, I met Sima at uh, South by. So South, so did you actually launch Meerkat at South by? No, we launched like two weeks before. So you went, to, but you went to South by Southwest, and all of a sudden, well, it, South by Southwest, but basically over Twitter, just like calling us, and people were like offering places to stay and like just wanting Meerkat to come there. So we you were just having a moment. We were having sense. a moment. We didn't plan to go there, and everyone from the team to the investor said, "Ben, you have to go to South by. Every every person is using Meerkat. People are talking about Meerkat on South by." So we sat with the team, and we decided to do this web for South by, where you can see all the streams for South by. Right. And we, was there one like power user initially or influencer that really kind of helped it blow up? It started from the tech community, and then it started leaking and bleeding, and slowly it became like this monster where like. You know, you see Chris Rock, Jimmy Fallon, and you're like, this is great. I've never right. seen anything like it. And so you saw this, Seema, from afar, or how did you get in touch? Well, um, I, at the time, wasn't, when Ben and I met, wasn't actually thinking about, in terms of, like, joining the team. But what we were connecting over when we met at a party was this idea of, like, live video as a mechanism for connecting people and how important the medium could be to the future. You were at Tumblr at the time. I was at Tumblr at the time. And so we were bonding over that mission. And I was just enjoying like hearing his story and what he was about, which was not like, yes, celebrities and brands and media, they were all really embracing Meerkat at that time. But when I was talking to Ben 101, it was more about like, you know, we're trying to connect people. And that's what I really took away from it. And so later, when we were kind of connected more officially, for me, you know, I thought, well, this could be very powerful because we're obviously very aligned on the mission of connecting people. And maybe it's not going to be Meerkat, but I think that we bring different enough perspectives to it that we could figure it out if it's not this thing. Because yeah. it was already clear at that time that Meerkat was not yeah, it wasn't re- it wasn't retaining users and it wasn't delivering on the the initial right. goal which was making a daily habit for for all people, not just celebrities. Yeah. For us it was very clear and I know it's besides our board that was in the room when we did the presentation in October in August 2015. For us it was very clear that live video is not going to leave as an independent product So that August 2015 is when you made the presentation for House Party? No, not for House Party. For We need to pivot. We need to pivot to something that is about the 99% or not celebrity. So it was already clear that this wasn't going to work. and you Not only it. us, that any independent product that is doing live video is not going to work. Because by this point, you had raised money, right? Not only I raised money, it was, it was three months after we raised $14 million from Greylock. It was also after we did three other products, and we knew that if you don't have the broadcaster attention, if you don't have the user-generated content, if you don't have broadcaster attention, you're in the content zone, in who creates something that is appealing, that everybody want to see, and then you're in the celebs media news, and then it's just a feature on top of a platform. One of the biggest mistakes I think Twitter did is not launching Twitter Live. That would have been amazing for them. So you make this presentation, but it sounds like you just went in and said, um, yes, yeah, so this isn't going to work, but you didn't offer an alternative at that point. We did, I imagine we investors offered, must have been We offered not the following framework. We, we had an hypothesis. If you build a super simple product where somebody can just click one button and go live and we remove all the hurdles, will that be enough to create a sustainable community that people can go live every day? 
we proved that hypothesis was wrong because we had a simple product that does all these things. We had the entire community using it, like yeah. the entire media, and we saw that their attention is not there. And we had enough time and enough and enough scale to make that observation very early. And now there's two types of pivots. One, you pivot out of courage. The other one, you pivot out of fear. Pivoting out of courage is really fucking hard. You do it early, you do it when you have money, and you need to get everyone on the same boat. Yeah. And it's really hard to do, and it's not been pulled off. Out of fear is three months before you run out of money, and yeah. you run into some stupid gimmick. Yes. yes. This was one of those that is like, hey, we're here for, we're serious about our mission. This thing is not going to work. And that was a time where everybody thought like Facebook Live is going to make it, Periscope is going to make it. Yeah. It's not the case right now. And we were able to call it out and we made a case to the board where we said we have to pivot and focus on the 99% because this is where the huge opportunity is. And we know that you cannot do it with the same modality that we used before because we were able to prove it. And it's hard to get your head out of your own ass and say, you know, it's not about that. It's about the work, right? Yeah. What, what is the work trying to do? Trying to connect people. And if you can't do that, it doesn't matter if the hype is about live and Facebook Live is going to dominate and they're doing paying yeah. people to, to go live and taking over the ads campaign and the entire thing. And it doesn't matter if everybody is using Periscope because you have the insight to say this is not going to work in the long run. Well, it's funny as a news organization for a while, we were told from on high that, OK, we got to figure out how to use Facebook Live. And there's all these incentives from Facebook to use it and all of that stuff. Where is it now? And it, it died very quickly. And, and I think it's th that, premise, that premise is coming from a genuine place in the hearts of the people and the audience. And uh, that they want to be close. They want to feel that human connection. They want to be present in a moment. What they want to what is actually being offered, mm. there's a, too much of a gap. It's... It's not a surprise that Jimmy Kimmel or Jimmy Fallon need a team of 40 people that work in 24-7 to produce 40 minutes of content that is semi-live. Like, it's really hard to create engaging content. Now, you either fix it by creating a better content or giving a better tool, which is going to be almost... If you, wanna, if you want any person on the street to be as engaging as Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel, like, it's not... Yeah. It's going to be impossible to do. But you can go the other right and focus on the proximity of the connection and say, well, maybe Ben is, doesn't want to watch Danny. We have no, you know, just yeah. met. But he will want to talk to his brother. He will yeah. want to talk to, like, that's, that's not boring for Ben. Sorry, no. I'm not saying that you're boring, but I'm yeah, just that's giving all right. an example. That's all right. Uh, I don't take it personally. <laughs> but you, you get what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, so yeah, we, yeah. we just said our strategy is going to be to go to the other direction. Right. To focus on those 10, 20 people that you would love to see every day, but you don't have the means to do it without making them feel uncomfortable. Like nobody's going to create a Google Calendar uh, to his five best friends and say, let's catch up today at 8 yeah, p.m. Yeah, PST, yeah, right? No. So how do you create a product like that right. that makes it very light and casual? It makes it easy. And that was the pitch to the, to the, to the, to the board. But you didn't know what that exactly was. We didn't know what that is. Right. That came two months, three months after. And so when did you join SEMA? How long, when, where were you guys in this whole... I mean, did you know what you were getting into? Because you had a job at Tumblr. I think you, 
you had quite a good job at Tumblr. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, because I joined to I mean, I joined a month after South by so mm-hmm. April 2015, and and I joined with clear eyes heart um like <laughs> we he been um to his credit like took out the analytics and showed me you know here's where we're at and here's what we're trying to solve i felt like there's enough runway here for for us to figure it out and i i believe in this mission and and if it's not meerkat we're you know we'll go to the mats and figure it out because you know he had as he as he just described done that before with meerkat and and that was with the you know backs to the wall running out of money and so it was in a good place for us to do that so you know when we took that presentation to the board in august i was fully supportive and excited and then we went two months later to amsterdam with um from august we started doing like like the engineering team was yeah. in Israel, and the, the the media community was was here. And during that brainstorm time, we did a couple of things. We did one a company retreat in Israel, so everybody flew to to Israel, kind of hung for, for like a week together, trying to brainstorm about what's how how we're taking like our new. Did you focus. do like team building things where you like you know jump up, fall backwards and make sure people catch no, you? No, we, we didn't do that. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't do that. Um, it it actually felt like the team is built. You know, it was like very like everybody was like, okay, let's figure it out. Right after that, I think every month we kind of met in Amsterdam because it's just one. There was no direct flights to Israel back then. Yeah, and Amsterdam is a cool place to meet. It is, and we just uh, flew like the few managers from Israel and us, which like five or six people, every month to kind of brainstorm and right. make tangible actions for the next month. I remember that fondly. I think it was like a cool, crazy, weird time. Right. And when you guys made that presentation initially, how did the board react? Because I imagine if you were being kind of feted around, like, you know, oh, this is Meerkat's this great thing, Jimmy Fallon's on it, et cetera. This, you guys have fu- created something that really, really resonates. Isn't this so great? So the board definitely was, I would say at the time, they were they were concerned. And they started throwing around like, well, you could focus on this part of it or you could monetize these users and but to their credit let us go down you know this exploration and when we came back two months later with the proof of concept which ended up being house party they got it immediately because our conviction was so so strong in it right you know even even after meerkat had been in production and i had to like force myself to go live to think of a reason there yeah. was so much pressure built into that. But with House Party, not only was I using it constantly, but my, I was able to onboard my family into it. Immediately they understood it. They got it in a way that they never did with Meerkat. And we right. all felt that right away. And I, I think that they could really sense our optimism. And so, I mean, because one of the things this week, I'm actually having to write yet another piece on Instagram because the founders have just left, et cetera. And talking to social scientists around Instagram and more broadly social media of, you know, the the presentation of a world that is quite manicured and not real. I'm just wondering, was that part of your thinking as to designing House Party? Because obviously this is, it's almost like, you know, like a telephone conversation or, you know, something that is not, I'm going to put this filter on and think about what I'm going to say in this caption and hear here I am world, even though it's not real. 
that intent was built into it, I don't think without us really understanding it. Because what I would say is when we were looking at why Meerkat wasn't working, it was clear. We kept saying it's a theater. It's performance. Yeah. And then what we and were not try- everybody's not very few people are performers. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so house party, that was the metaphor. It's like, okay, no, we're going to try to build a house party where people feel comfortable, where you're around a table playing a game, where you're in and out of rooms organically, mostly with the people that you know, but sometimes meeting a new person. Like, how can we, how can we build that? And that by its nature is a less manicured, less polished environment, right? If you're not building something for performance. And so inevitably that was curated into the product but not intentionally except for when when we put it out people started saying like oh put filters on it and do this and do that and like you know ben was very clear about the (laughs) fact that you know he didn't he wanted people to come as they are and to be you know in the moment with whoever that they're with what you know i woke up this way (laughs) you agree (laughs) <laughs> no, yeah, it, it wasn't. It wasn't like a counterculture. It's just like yeah. that's missing. Like I do want to see my friends and family, and it's just like so cumbersome and emotionally taxing to like set it up. You know, yeah. so how do you create a, an environment where it's the rules of the game that it's just like casual and light and fun? How did you end up here in Silicon Valley? A uh, very, uh, very superficial decision. Which means I had a company and I thought that for in, live video. In Israel. Yeah, I had a company for live video. And I thought that, oh, Silicon Valley is where you go when you have a company. And that worked, you know, but it was very, was not too sophisticated. It wasn't like a sophisticated no, kind of No, I grew up a lot <laughs> since then, like, you know. But I'm happy because, you know, I met, I met my wife. I mean, Silicon Valley has its pros and cons. Yes, and it does. Yes. How long have you been here? Six years. And you guys met, you said, at a party in South by Southwest? An entourage <laughs> party. Yeah. An entourage party? Yeah. The, the show? TV, yes. The was they, was throwing, they were throwing a movie. Robert was throwing a party for, like, Ah, right, 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 right. Boom. Right. I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know we've covered this uh, before, uh, but if you could just give a brief potted history of your background and how you got to here. Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, it was a circuitous route that started in finance. So I was at Goldman Sachs. And I found myself, though, at the time, very much drawn to the media landscape. It was around the time Vivendi was imploding, Time Warner AOL was happening. And I mean, that's the space that I enjoyed the most. And I mean, I was on the trading floor, but talking to the media analysts was what was getting me excited. Reading The Hollywood Reporter, reading Variety was more interesting to me than reading The Wall Street Journal. So I figured I should go see what that world was about. And uh, I ended up moving to L.A., working at Creative Artists Agency. Which was the kind of agency, right? Still is, I kind of think. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, yeah, no, and it was great. It was like uh, basically getting an MBA in, in media and entertainment. But what I really came to sort of realize there was that what I was interested in was content. And I felt like the future of content consumption was going to be defined by technologists and not Hollywood. 
I don't think I really understood what that meant, but that's where my path eventually led me to startups and then Yahoo and Tumblr and then finally back here. It's always been sort of with this idea of like my educational background is in sociology. So I just, I find the social constructs in which we communicate very interesting. And it's now manifesting here in a really interesting time. What we're seeing is now, I don't think it's too crazy to call it a loneliness epidemic. I think everybody sort of feels it, but particularly Gen Z and millennials are afflicted by it. And if you look at charts, you can kind of track it back to around 2012, 2013. And that's when iPhone sort of surpassed the 50% mark in America. And you see that kids started dating less, that they go out less, but that at the exact same time, they're more likely to agree with the sentiment that they feel lonely or anxious or left out. It's not that I'm saying technology or social media is to blame, but it is part of it. Yeah. You know, people came to these platforms and these networks for the promise of connecting with people they care about. And they've since morphed and become other kinds of things, which are also useful, but they're not delivering on that initial promise. And I still think that's why most people go to those platforms. And if we... I certainly went to Facebook for... I was living in London at the time, and it was just like, I can kind of be a voyeur on some, some friends' lives and also some increasingly kind of more distant people or people actually I don't really care about but Mm -hmm. who friended me and I said okay but it was just kind of a way to see what other people were doing and then yeah as you say it's kind of it morphed into something very different your insecurities because that's what will get you more hooked yeah and then things that you admire and that's how you build an addictive feed you show people things that validate who they are and more things that they aspire to be yeah and that's it and when you when you do that when part of my way to and reinforce the positive reward that you get every time you open the product would be to show you more things that reinforce you as who you are, which sounds wonderful, but mm. it leads to a siloed effect of your feed that only surrounds you with things that make you feel better and not showing you things that confront you or make you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. If I have certain views about certain things and I am your user, you better show me things that kind of reinforce it than things that make me question those things because not everybody has either the economic leisure to have a critical mind because some people work just a lot and just want to chill out in the end of the day. So there's an economic component of do you have enough time in the day to have critical thinking, to start to just digest what's going on to open your mind to this it's a deeper conversation about how middle class has collapsed in the western world but because of that people have less time in the day and they're worried about other things more so they need a place to risk to yeah to decompress and if that place that they recomp if facebook is the place or or any feeds is the place that decompress for them to continue to decompress there needs to be some positive feedback loop and that positive feedback loop unfortunately is based on showing you things that reassure what you already believe in and doesn't challenge yeah. your thinking. The train is now approaching. Junction at platform. Passengers. Airport, please stay on board. Next stop, road station. iOS helps you control which apps you share your exact location with. There's more to iPhone. 
One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze. Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. And so back to... No, I know this could be a whole other podcast. Yeah. Um, but back to house party. So you guys went away, came up with the initial app. We came up with the POC, and then it took another three months to get something that we can put out as a beta. Yeah. Uh, so around February, end of February, March 2016, we had a beta out, and then that's where Sima Sima kind of turned her team to. Uh, product marketing iteration machine where every right. week they went to a different college show the iteration of the product we did some changes and then went to another another school and another school this we did that for six months for six months between two to three times a month we went to a different school somewhere that like around a, that seems like a very low tech approach in a way just like kind of going to a school and kind of I, I ta- talking to real can, people i think that the problem with uh, with high tech or social network the way it was uh, prescribed yeah. or portrayed in the social network movie is that everybody real, yeah. thinks that they could be the genius in the ivory tower and just kind of prescribe whatever they want and just go with it to the users and think that you know, things will just take off and they're going to make billions in Shabbat Shalom. And and <laughs> that's not the truth because, yes, you need to have the right instincts. And it's really hard to find people with the right instincts. But you also need to be humble enough to let users and feedback into that process, especially if you want to create something that is better right. and it meets that thing. You have to have this dialogue with the people who's ultimately going to use. I'm a strong believer in this dialogue. I think a lot of people, because... Because ego is a very expensive thing, a lot of people rather keep, keep, keep until they yeah. push it out. Because the, the more that they keep, they don't have the they don't have a, the grade, you know, of yes. how good it is. So yes. it's kind of a comfort zone. I have friends who are working on a stealth startup for eighteen months. No, not startup <laughs> scripts. Yeah, screenplays. Etc. Oh, that's nice. And that's again, that's exactly. it's a really difficult process because often yes, they'll work on it for months or years and yeah. then release it, and then it's by the time it's out in the world, there's so much blood, sweat, and tears into it that yeah. it's really hard to. Then and maybe it's of, not timely at that moment, right? Yeah. Sometimes it's important yeah. to have the right timing, and it's harder to change. It's harder to change, and it's. I just feel like as a creator of anything you need to identify what are the key what is the key statement we're saying here does the draft you have is saying it and then just every time a little bit more people into that process and see is my statement is carried to you do you see what i see what do you see 
because if it's in, it depends you know it's like in the art that you're describing is about the crowd and the audience this is so it's important to bring in some art is very self-centric because it's dominated by male which is a different problem but um <laughs> um but because it's self-centric it's it could be in somebody's warehouse for like eight years and then come out and yeah. be a big thing yeah for reason maybe that are not really usually doesn't happen that way yeah exactly yeah. and so you guys iterated iterated kind of tweaked it and then when did you actually officially release it uh september 2016 end of september 2016 so almost exactly two years ago oh yes at the same time also what was happening was then we also decided to move our headquarters here in the midst of this process, which, by the way, like in May of that year, we went up to like number one in the in the app store, and suddenly there was all this attention on it. In May, and before you even launched it. Yeah, before sure. we even launched it. But so what that revealed for us, though, was we, because it was still the proof of concept, we had built it on very shaky foundation. Right. So we had to rehire an entire new team here and re-architect the, the entire app oh, to wow. support our growth. Right. Wow. As we were coming out. I meet a lot of companies, certainly, who have kind of engineering teams overseas just because it, for cost, it's so much more efficient. But Depends that obviously... what you're doing. Yeah. If you're doing a, a SaaS product that has a streamline, you know, a streamline waterfall kind of process where actually the sales people are the one who's de determining the success of the product or at yeah. least the onboarding of the clients and then you get the feedback and then you iterate. You can afford having a team out. In product creation, especially consumer, co consumer product, like you have to be able to sit together and have this conversation right. and hopefully you hire, you hire creative people who can show you all the blind spots that... Right. Actually, we just came from... Um what we call recess, which is our, our work retreat. And it's amazing to see like how many of the engineers or ops people, like the market, they all, they all are invested in and curious about the product and its mission. And like, that was a big part of the feedback was we want to be even more involved. Right. And, and these are, these are all people who are multi, multi-talented and who are coming to a startup because they want to have, you know, an impact on the, on the end product, not be just a part of right. the cog in the wheel. I'm so jealous because as a correspondent, I'm out here and I just kind of toil away uh, by myself. But I meet all these companies that have great retreats. Oh, yeah. We did have a great retreat. So you guys were you like Calistoga, do, right? We can do a piece next year on uh, what is retreat. You yeah. can do a deep thing. You can pitch a deep thing exactly. to that about the retreats and go to like five cool yes. retreats and talk about it. So I just have Cal Calm, you know, the meditation app? Yep. I, I saw you had a podcast. Yeah. They just did a retreat in Hawaii. Boom. Oh. You see? I'm sure they would sponsor, like, facilitate you coming I, there yeah, for I, that. I like that. <laughs> I like that idea. Um, so you guys launched it in September. And then when did uh, you raise the big round from Sequoia? Or so Sequoia? we launch, basically our user launched it for us because it just started growing after, as yeah. in beta, it just started growing. And then um, uh, the velocity became stronger. We had a million users by the end of that year, and, and Sequoia invested in December that year. Got you. So a little bit less than two years ago. Yeah. Right. 
And I read that you guys have now had more than 20 million downloads. Is that the latest? That was the latest number that is public. He says with a sneaky smile. That's users. So that was what I was going to ask is, you know, the famous line about Snapchat is that basically it's Mark Zuckerberg's outsourced R&D arm. How do you create how do you create something when you have, you know, these huge platforms that just when they see an idea, they're like, oh, I like that. I'm just going to do exactly the same thing mm. and then put it out there with my a billion or two billion users. And then they, you know, crush the little guy. I think you have you have to deal with that fact. You have to deal with that because honestly, if we're big enough and somebody's doing something cool with presence, I'm going to try to learn out of it. I'm going to be as long as they put it out there. As long as it's not an information I'm getting unethically. So they put it out there in the world. There's nothing wrong with being inspired by it. There's nothing wrong with taking key element out of it and incorporating it into the product. I think that there's a way to do it with dignity and and like playing fair and there's a way not playing fair. We're all inspired by anything. You read something that's a style of writing of, of somebody else of or an angle or perspective, you get inspired by it. And but like Instagram, for example, just did, just copied effectively the exact I, same thing as Snapchat. I think, I think that there's some things that happen when you are the winning horse in the mindshare of the people that puts your ego kind of in the front seat. And what you don't see is why... It's working here. I think that and then you create it as a utility or you just slap a video chat on top of it. Uh, what's interesting is that we never, when Messenger launched, grew video chat. Which was when? when end of 2016, it? in my opinion. Yeah. When Snapchat launched group video chat, which was this, this year, year, this past year, six months ago, when WhatsApp or Instagram launched, we don't see even a slight dip in usage. And oh, really? we think we will oh, see. And yeah, we believe yeah. that we will see. And we're You're like, okay, bracing everybody for it. brace yourself. And I think that the core thing is what we say. People are not going to initiate a call to six people. It doesn't matter if it's on Instagram or if it's in Blue Bottle Cafe. It doesn't matter. They're not going to do it. That's the whole reason we invented an house party. Because it's much light, the, the concept of presence in House Party. Who is there? You know, you don't need to initiate any, any call. Nobody is getting a phone call. Nobody is being like, you need to be here right now. You don't deal with the missed call. I need to call back. All of these things. The entire product foundation is built around this concept that is a lightweight, casual way to ch- uh, catch up with your friends. And it's not about somebody who's putting himself out there and say like, Please answer to me right now, all six of you. Right. And I think that this is where those nuances disappear when somebody says, like, oh, this is working. Just uh, let's slap it here. Yeah. And I just to add to that is that going back to the social norms and the implications from a societal standpoint, like the reason our app can allow for this is people on average only friend about 21 people. Right. So when you open the app, you are fine to be present right in that moment and let any of those people hop in with you because you've it's it's people like you would allow to have a key to your house. Yeah. You can't do that on on the other networks. And that's fine because you have a different use case for those other networks. But when you're when you have that predefined group of people that you trust to open the app first thing in the morning 
when you still are, you know, have that funny morning voice talk or, you know, at night before you go to bed and, you know, you've got your zit cream on or whatever. Like those are the people you that you trust and you're willing to be present with. And that's that's a key differentiator of our product that and the other one, which is like you can just join a conversation. I keep seeing this on social media and people talking about house party and they're like, oh, you know, well, I can't join a FaceTime. And house party, if you and I are talking, Danny, yeah. and Ben is not our friend, but he's friends with me and he sees us talking, he can just join us. I think maybe that's a good time to explain how house party works. Sure, go for audience. it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Just so all this conversation make falls into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So house party, basically when you open it, your friends get a silent push notification that says Ben is in the house. And uh, this is how the product works. Like everybody is okay with that fact. And that's why people have small number of friends, right? Yeah. Now, it's permissive. That means that the moment we are friends, I ask you for a friendship, you agree to it, and you get Benny's in the house. You swipe in, and you see me as joinable, and you can click join and join me. In that moment, our mutual friends will get an updated notification that says Ben and Danny are in the house. And they can swipe in and, and come, come right. in. And when the moment they open, they see who is online, who is talking to who, and they can just join. Unless somebody uh, explicitly locked the room, which is not the default. The default is that the rooms are open. It's open, right. right yes. Right. So that's basically the mechanics of how House Party is working and why it's different than initiating a call, a group right. call. And then you can have up to eight people yeah. in a room, but you can have infinite number of rooms going, which is important because when I open the app, for sure, without a doubt, my mom joins yeah. all the time. <laughs> right, right, right. But it's fine because she'll join in a different room and see that I'm already there talking to Kirsten or Catherine. Yeah. And then the, it's created its own norms, right, where she now will hold and wait and see if I wave her into the room or not. Or at night, you know, if I'm in a room with... Uh, you know, my kids are talking to grandparents. Often, somebody from work will crash crash the party. One of the things that, that just occurred to me as you guys were talking, so he's from Israel. You're a first-generation immigrant mm-hmm. from Iran. Mm-hmm. Do your backgrounds have anything with the, to do with the way you guys have conceived this? Because we were talking about it earlier, just there's a... A lot of backlash and a lot of thought around, well, all of these products are just being released by these companies that are mostly white dudes. And they do this without really thinking about how this is going to be used out in the wider world. First of all, I think that everyone's background affects what they create, regardless. So obviously, without a doubt, even if I think or not, (laughs) there's, there's an inherent effect. I uh, went to architecture school. And I, I spent great, like I really enjoyed it for three years before I dropped out to do, to work on this mission. The, the reason I, I joined is because I thought that there's something, or I, I studied architecture, there's something really unique of building spaces for people to encounter each other and new opportunities for people to meet or, or sit or enjoy a space together. And in a lot of my work as a student, it was focused on the movement axis and the, the, how people see each other and where do they encounter. And right. and I thought the moment I had this like epiphany that with technology I might be able to do it in a larger scale, I just went for it because it just felt very right for me. Like yeah. this, 
enough architects are doing a lot of cool buildings, but how can you really do change in a large scale? In a sense, House Party is one of the biggest buildings in the world, right? People go there and meet each other and talk to each other, and hundreds, hundreds of thousands concurrent, you know, which is a lot for a building. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but it's like so. I think that's more on the conscious side of my background. In uh, the non-conscious side of my background, I think there was moments in my childhood where I felt very alone. That probably also pushed me to. Right. Try to do that with architecture and then try to, you know. Right, yeah. And as for the immigrant, I enjoy pro- being profiled as a white man and I look like a white man, so I'm en- I enjoy it. But as also, I get to counter culture and understand. I think there's yeah. something very warm. The sense of community in Israel, it has a lot of other weird stuff that mm-hmm. we're not going to go into this. But one of the pros is that it's very warm and it's very about doing things together and yeah. being and and uh, mutual v- vouch like you vouch for each other yeah. just like immediately and and maybe that's something that that does for persian you know also middle east right i think that that's very true though there's something that's very built into middle eastern culture and community and and that also as a first generation i think i also saw how important that community was as an sort of yeah. an outsider, particularly growing up in Alabama. But I would also say as a woman and as a mother, you know, there have been times that that perspective definitely colored what we were doing from a product perspective. You know, like we, from the, from the outset, prioritized trust and safety, even at the expense of growth. We're a small team. We could only make certain, you know, we could only do certain features at certain times. And we we would consciously make decisions to do things around trust and safety, to build in policies around that, to prioritize the community. I think that that is uniquely, I would contribute that to my background and thinking about it in terms of my kids using the platform. Right. Because also, I mean, online bullying is obviously a big issue, but I imagine maybe it's less so because you're not anonymous on House Party. You're not supposed to be anonymous on House Party. We don't yeah. have product features that yeah. makes it okay for you to be anonymous. We have a full name. We ask your birthday. We ask your culture in America sometimes and capitalism, modern capitalism in general, it could be very much about where are you and going back to what you're talking about, the feed, right, and seeing each other's story. Yeah. Where are you in the timeline of your career, of your life? Where are you going to be? Those questions people ask, where are you going to be in five years? Where are you going to be in two years? The first question I want to be here. Is, I'm, I'm after pr- your name I mean, is, I what want to be do? present. Yeah, yeah. I want yeah. to be present. Yeah, I hate this question. Yeah, that's what do you always do the, immediately always the when first somebody meets. Yeah. It's like if you want to be on, if you want me to spend as little much uh, energy on you when I meet you for yeah. the first time, don't ask me what do I do because yeah. that immediately tells me that there's some angle here. Yeah, but there's something about what do you do? Where you're going to be in five years? Where are you compared to every Ivy League? Like all of those, not being able to be happy with what you do where you are now the people that surround you right now enjoy that moment enjoy your creation like try to understand how you progress but not in other people's kind of structure but in your own what is your progression means to you and and there's something that in cultures like Japanese culture Middle Eastern culture some depends where in the area in India but in some in Danish culture you know, we talk about the Netherlands, that is more about 
be proud about what you're doing and do that to the to the best right. of your ability. Whatever. And it may you be. can be happy with that. Right. I think that when you when you act like this, when you say, I'm gonna just do what I think is best for what I believe I, w- I want to do, not how other people view me, then you can make decisions like, you know what? Live video is a hot thing that you guys are going to think is going to explode, but that's not going to work. And right. for the mission of what I want to do, we need to pivot it, you right. know? And you can only do that when you remove yourself a little bit from the hype and from the ladder that other people put you. Which is and quite okay. difficult here. It's very difficult here. And you need to argue and put everyone, you know, it's it's very difficult here because people are just like, what about Mirka? Mirka dead, you know? I have a long list of investors that never, like, fucking uh, <laughs> write me off, you know, three months after. Yeah. And that's fine. Like, you yeah. don't take it personally. But I wonder how many people did take it personally and, like, didn't do what they wanted to do because they were afraid to be looked at, to be looked not progressing. Yeah. At whatever virtual, yeah, weird. Yeah, the timeline of everybody else and what yes. they're doing, etc. And I think that mindset also what pushes Facebook and Twitter to be where they are when it's about well, you've user gotta, growth, user yeah, growth. You let have me. to you have to let people know every three months how much you're growing. Yeah, which we're not doing. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll end on this last question then, uh, which is germane to the point you just made. How do you guys plan to make money from this? I don't have any good answers, and I'm. We were very, you know. I don't. I don't. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, but I'm very. I'm very. We were very lucky to raise enough money that we don't even need to think about it for the next year. This is. Uh, this is basically. We don't know. We don't know how to make money here. This is not a real business. This is an art project. <laughs> uh, no, but honestly, I. I. I don't know. It's something I tell to my board, to my investors. It's like we have few more things to to get to get ahead before we get to this. So you're, there's a few other things you want to achieve or get to, or I don't know if that's in terms of user numbers or. It's not about so we don't measure exactly in user number. Like obviously it's important if that yeah. you're not losing users, and obviously it's important that you're like things are growing. Yeah. We don't force ourselves into like what pace exactly, but it's important for me to know that people not only having a good time on house party but it's becoming a meaningful uh habit of theirs on more than once a week basis and i think we're not quite there yet right and i think that once once we get there it's it's easier to start thinking about other things that are adjacent right and i asked Seema this last time and i said it was my last question but what was your worst day of work uh there's multiple of them you can only choose one. I mean, I fuck up a lot, and these are the my worst days. Um, Seamus was great, and we can go over that if you want, or we cannot if you don't want to. But I think that there's something. I don't. I don't know. I don't have a specific worst day because I try to take things like you know we're not curing cancer here. Um, <laughs> so what we, what we do is really for yeah. After you fix like education, food, which we didn't, but education, food, and like people have. The ability to have free time and have enough mm-hmm. money for smartphone and be on the after you have that, which is maybe twenty percent of the world, yeah. and they have water and other things, which then you start thinking about okay, what do we do with our free time and how do we make it meaningful? So we're like really at the creme de la creme. So I don't take it super, 
you know, some some people say like I don't sleep enough. I sleep great. You know, I don't yeah. take it super serious because we are. I'm serious about the mission, but I don't take the the work is. It's about what happened to the yeah. fortunate when you look at the at, yeah. the, at the at at the world as a whole. So I don't have many worst day, but I think the the when they are, it's mainly about how I treat people in the company, how I treat my partner. Like sometimes we also have arguments, and sometimes I can be very mean. And I think that when I think about what is a bad day, is where I make somebody feel something that I didn't mean that they will feel. Right. You've never had a dodge a staple though. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know if Ben knows that story. What, what's that? Well, I told him about getting a stapler thrown at my head at CAA. <laughs> oh, I don't throw things at people. <laughs> you don't. Well, that's good. I've never seen him throw anything. Although I thought about that question more, and I yeah. realized that my worst day at work was at the September 11th. But yeah. Mm. Oh Because wow. that was were you at Goldman? I was at there? Goldman Sachs. Yeah. In Chicago. Mm-hmm. In the Sears Tower. Right. Yeah. And we, because it was a trading floor, you could hear everything happening in New York because it's broadcast out loud. Oh, God. Yeah. Wow. Were you guys still making like bids? No. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I can imagine. Short only yeah. companies in the town. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but goodness. it comes back to something that, you know, it's like we spent a, we spent a, a last two days at retreat talking about our vulnerabilities and humanity and bringing and, and being present with each other and yeah. the people that we work with. And so that's why, you know, our bad days, as Ben just said, and as I just said, had something to do with when you were experiencing something profound as it has to do with other humans. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This is the small For stuff. better or for worse. This is the small stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much for your time. Thank Appreciate you. Danny in the Valley. <laughs> And that is all the time we have. I want to thank Ben and Seema for taking the time to chat. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. It was a, I just found their perspective, uh, especially kind of coming from, not from these shores or their families, not from these shores. I just uh, Their kind of approach to it, to it is a bit different. I think it's really interesting and perhaps one of the reasons why they're having the success that they are. Hope you dug it. And if you did, take a moment go to Apple Podcasts, give a rating and review. I know I say this every week, but it really does help. It helps other people find the show. So please take a second to do that. I will not be writing uh, this week or next. I'm on paternity, but I will be, ba- be back after that. And don't worry, there'll be another show coming next week because that's what I do for you guys. And if you have any questions, concerns, comments, whatever, you can email me at danny.fortson at sunday-times.co.uk or Find me on Twitter at Danny Fortson. Until next week, bye-bye. VoiceOver describes what's happening on your iPhone screen. VoiceOver on settings. So you can navigate it just by listening. Books, contacts, Calendar, double tap to open. Breakfast with Anna from 10 to 11. And get on with your day. Accessibility. There's more to iPhone. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.